before we get to the word this morning. While the worship was going on, <clears throat> and I want to stay in this same vein in just for a moment, but I felt that there was um, one, one word of knowledge that was coming out. Who here is dealing with a, a severe eye problem? A severe eye problem. Is it you? The glaucoma. The who else? I, this is what I've come forward. I want to lay my hand on you. Is you all right? Is everybody all right for a moment? What I felt in the spirit was there was a fragmentation or a um, I don't even know how to say it like a disbursement in your eye huh like a starriation in in the in the the makeup of your eye. it's the craziest thing that I've ever um, I don't even know how to explain it other than I, when I pray and ask the Lord for something in the healing ministry, I ask him for something very specific. And he said it was like a fragmentation, something has been torn, something has burst. And um, that's you? Well, that's, that's happened before. I, I, I had a tour. I had three tears in my eyes. It's been, it's healing, but I mean, it's still there. I'm still And this is what the Lord, this is, this is what the Lord directed me to do. Now, if you've never been in a meeting with us or anything, we're not kooks, we're not goofballs. <clears throat> but the, I've never done this, but the Lord said, if I lay my left hand on you, there will be a beginning of the manifestation of the restoration of your eye. Now, I've never said lay my left hand on anybody. You've been in many of our meetings. <clears throat> but I've been believing for a creative miracle today. If we're to go to the next level with God, with his power and his authority, I believe for your headaches to go. And I, I believe for arthritis to go. And I believe for the little nagging things, but for a creative miracle in your lives. So now, one, two, three, four, five. Others? Five? Six? Seven? Five. Is it all right if I lay my hands on you? I want to ask permission. Because if you don't, if, if you're not wanting to receive it, I'm just telling you what I felt. would take a moment out of our service. Is that all right? We begin with this gentleman back here. If you all would just, if you pray in the Spirit, begin to pray in the Spirit. If you believe in healing, then you believe in healing. The Bible says, pray you one for another that you may be healed and so that the manifestation of what God has for you is released in your life. So I lay my hands on you. There's nothing in my hands, but I'm being obedient in the name of Jesus for your eyes to be restored. In the beginning of a creative miracle, Pressure go. In Jesus' name. For the white on the page to be white and the black on the page to be black. 
and defined in the name of Jesus. I pray for the manifestation of God's healing virtue. For you to have your sight restored. And Father, I pray for him anything and everything that you have intended for the manifestation to begin in his eyes and to come forth in his entire body. For we believe. For the manifestation of God's healing power. For I did not know, nor could I describe it in the natural, but when the words came out, he verified it. And so because of his obedience, let him be restored. And Father, that those who will be healed today will be a derivative of his faith. In the name of Jesus, for your eyes to be made whole, for healing to come forth. Restoration to come. Cataracts, glaucoma, the retina, in the name of Jesus. The cornea, the blood vessels, as he has served this week, Father, now manifest back to him for his servant's heart. Restore your servant's eyes. For he's set himself up for a miracle. And we believe in miracles. Miracles did not die out. Miracles have been dormant because the church has not pulled on the healing power of the 39 stripes and the shed blood of Jesus Christ at that whipping post. And we believe for your eyes to be made whole, for restoration to come. blood vessels to be made normal, the pressure in the eye to be made normal. Blurred vision to go in the name of Jesus. Nothing that I could do or nothing in my hands, but by the Spirit of the Lord, we place a demand on the healing power that was given to us. He said, and greater things shall you do in my name. So we say the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. For you to be healed. Father, we 
declare that those who have been praying for someone else in this house today, that what they brought in here they won't take out. That anything that they ask of you at this very moment, this is your moment. We send the word. We manifest it we in a physical presence, in your body, and in right your mind, now. by the Spirit of the Lord. To every cell inside of you. Now, Father, we I ask for me and my family. For a fresh touch of the Holy Spirit and your healing, delivering power in our lives. A fresh fire, God. What Satan's tried to put on us and me. A fresh touch. I bind you. And I bury you. What is bound on earth? For me and my family. Because we have needs too. But it is loosed on earth. Now we pray over the extended family of this church. We pray over Pastor Norm and Barb. For an accelerated anointing. In these last days. That this will be called the hope and the glory and the power of God's house oh, we release the hope for all to see in Jesus name we release the glory of God you may be seated this morning we release the power of God you may be seated this morning in this place John the fourth chapter but this came in my spirit this week and maybe it's for this morning is is um, I was reading something and there's no greater place for us to bring our problems or our needs or our sickness than to the church so many times people feel ill and they say well, I'm gonna stay home I mean I believe God can touch you at home but I believe when we get together with a body of believers that believe the same way that there is a synergy there there's a Corporate anointing. And um, I was reading something the other day. Because some people don't feel um, comfortable coming forward and being prayed for. Or to uh, um, admit they have something going on in their life. We're not your counselors and we're not your priest. But 
the altar is a place of change. I read something this week. It's the 70th anniversary of Babe Ruth's death. I don't, anybody read that? Anybody read that article? I'm, I'm a baseball fanatic. I mean, I, the, 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 the Tigers were great when they had Al Kaline and Jim Northrup and Dick McAuliffe and Norm Cash and Bill Free. I mean, that, those were the Tigers, right? I don't know what they got now, but they were the Tigers. You betcha. I mean, Denny McLean, 31 games. You stirring them up, baby. There we go. And it said Babe Ruth, there were 4,000 people at that great cathedral. And remember at one time they put a crown on his head and called him the king. There were 4,000 people come to see the king's death. 75,000 people waited outside that great um, cathedral in New York City to see his death. But I found something out that in his hand, they put a baseball. And they wrote on the baseball, safe at home. That's why we come to the church. This is a safe place. This is your home. And you should always feel safe here to allow God to minister to you. We don't come here to see someone die. My wife and I come here to bring life and the life of God and the eternal life of Jesus Christ. That's why we come and we celebrate in God's house. I just, I wanted to share that with you today. And you better pray for the tigers because they're pretty bad right now. <laughs> Maybe they just <laughs> thank you. When and the lions, I don't even want to talk about the lions. But I brought some gifts for you today. Um, I, these, these little children have blessed me all week. And, and so I grabbed a children's shirt, but I, don't, I think all the kids are gone. But uh, if someone wants it for a child, or you can trade it for your size, it's called Righteous Revolution, because that's what we're in. We're in a Righteous Revolution revival for America, for your home, for your family, your marriage. Um, this is a teaching called Worship, My Weapon of Choice. It's a DVD. Um, learning how to worship now has nothing to do with your musical ability. It has everything to do with your heart. Uh, the book of Ruth, I'm laying down all the books of the Bible prophetically where I sing every word of it, just word for word, and that one happens to be the book of Ruth. This is my wife's brand new that she sang from today. It's called Reveal. She's 61 years old. I told her, I said, you're singing better now than you did when you were young. <laughs> That's the Holy Ghost. Now, if you want to know how to stay out of the doghouse, tell your wife something like that. <laughs> That's right. We who worship, learning that worship's about heart, not about ability. Righteous revolution. I saw a lady's hand up over here. I'll bless you with that. Harry, My you wife. grab the book, Don't Kill Each Other, Let God Do It. It's our second marriage book. Well, your hand shot straight up. Good Lord. <laughs> there you are. Oh, you're getting married in three weeks. Have you thought about this? It's till death do us part. You're not setting a goal, okay? It just wants you to know. <laughs> Harry's book, The Rise of an Orphan Generation, Longing for a Father, Getting Your Father Positioned Correctly. 30, 34 years. We've been married. Thir 33. 30, <laughs> we finished 33, so we're in 34, so that's good. Help me, honey. Prove me now, a teaching by Charlie Me. Anybody over here would like this? No one over here? This is our son's new book. He has four, Feminine Spirits and Angels. It is an amazing full dissertation study, research study, on all, all about angels, demonic spirits, angelic spirits, and, and that whole realm. I am a worshiper dealing with your identity 
And then two children's books, The Count of Ten, Say Amen, Teaching Children How to Pray in Jesus' Name. And then Ten Steps to Build and Be Spirit-Filled, Teaching Your Children About the Holy Spirit. And since this is a weekend about the Holy Spirit, I couldn't help but grab this one for some mom or grandmom who wants your children to know about the Holy Spirit. In John, the fourth chapter, we want, to, we want to minister to you today. What did I say? John, the third chapter. I'm sorry. John, the third chapter, verse um, 34. We want to minister on the Holy Spirit to you. As we've, we've been ministering the, the past two um, services on the Holy Spirit. And one of the reasons we want to minister on the Holy Spirit is because in, in churches, Cheryl and I have been doing this now. Mm, Almost 40 since years. Since 1980 for me. Mm -hmm. Almost 40 years. Almost 40 years. And, 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 and recently, in the last 10 years, we've noticed that there's been a de-emphasizing of the Holy Spirit in church. Where people don't even talk about it. And we've even gone into churches where they say, we don't even want to talk about the Holy Spirit. And we don't want any of that spooky stuff about the Holy Spirit. You notice he looked at me when he said that. <laughs> spooky, not kooky. Spooky stuff about the Spirit. And, and, but, you know, if you don't have the operation of the Holy Spirit, then all you have is a bunch of people gathering together for a social event. People can't get saved without the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit who draws them to salvation. It is everything you long for right now in the earth. Your family healed, your, your body healed, your marriage restored, your children restored, your grandchildren restored, your finances restored. The Holy Spirit is what Jesus said in John 14. I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit, and he's going to take my place, and he's going to teach you how to walk in the Spirit so that you can be who I created you to be by the power of my blood. And see, I think about Babe Ruth and 75,000 people outside, 4,000 plus inside, that the people were drawn to that, that cathedral because of him, we should be drawn to church because of him. Amen. They came to see a hero in the flesh, but we need to see the hero in the spirit. And so when we, we my wife and I began to, to talk about this, and then something else that, that happened to us recently, in the same context, someone came up to us in church, a pastor, well, we were in a church, we have lunch, he said, you know, I just don't need you all to minister in our church anymore. He said, you're too old to minister in our church. And I found that quite I interesting. I said, he's talking that, to you, Harry, not to me. Huh? I said, he's talking to you, no, not to me. I'm 59, she's 61. He was specifically <laughs> talking to her. <laughs> So, it flew all over us. The spirit doesn't get old. The flesh might get tired, but the spirit is still strong. And it's getting stronger and stronger and stronger. And my flesh is not getting tired either. So, our youth is renewed. When we stay in the spirit and when we're in church, we should feel as, as revitalized and happy and you, healthy. You and talk about anti-aging. The Holy Ghost is anti-aging. You want to take anti-aging vitamins? Get a big old dose of the Holy Ghost every day of your life. He starts reversing the clock, and it starts going the other way. That's the whole power of God. It, it's just amazing if you just learn to walk with him and be led by him. And in this John chapter 3 scripture in verse 34, it says, He whom God has seen speaks has sent, speaks the words of God, proclaiming the Father's own message. I'm reading out of the Amplified. For God gives the gift of the Spirit. Everybody say, God gives the gift. God gives the gift. For God gives the gift of the Spirit without measure, generously and boundlessly. So now, now this is what 
I have studied the Holy Ghost and walked with the Holy Ghost for close to 50 years. I did not realize the scripture says that the Holy Ghost is given, first of all, by God, but he's given by God without measure. In other words, you can't measure how much of the Holy Ghost you want. No matter how much of the Holy Ghost you have right now, there's more. There's more. There's more. If you are fully walking in the Holy Ghost, there's still more. You cannot get to the end of the power and the presence of the Holy Ghost. Now, it does not say that he gives you more of the Holy Ghost than he gives me. He gives anyone who wants the Holy Ghost without measure, boundlessly, limitlessly. I love those words. But if you don't want anything to do well, you with get the Holy you Ghost, you aren't going to get anything. He's not going to waterboard you, that's for sure. He, he, he's not a terrorist. He's not going to make you take what you don't want. So how much of the Holy Spirit do you, want? do you want and how much do you want it operating in your life? And we're going to flip to the next scripture. And while we're doing that, I, I read this morning, it says, the Holy Spirit intercedes and prays for you even when you can't make a word, but it's your aching sighs and your groans. That's Romans chapter 8, I think verse 26. If you've ever been in a position where you just can't pray anymore, and all you do is you moan and groan. God says, that's enough for me to begin to work with. See, but what people do is they take the scripture and it says, God has given you uh, the faith even as small as a mustard seed. So people sit there and go, well, if I just have mustard seed faith. He said, no, that's where you need to begin. And he said, by exercising your faith, you can have great faith and you can move mountains. I've never moved a mountain, but I'm waiting to. I don't know. That's because you're thinking about dirt. We've moved a lot of mountains when you realize it's also spiritual mountains, soul mountains, getting over your past. That's a huge mountain. Turning loose of what's happened to you. That's another big, huge mountain. So every time you operate in the spirit, actually you were quoting Romans 8, 26, in the same way the spirit comes to us and helps us in our weaknesses. We do not know what prayers to offer or how to offer it as we should, but the spirit himself knows our need and at the right time intercedes on our our behalf with sighs and groanings too deep for words. That's praying in tongues. And he who searches the hearts, this is the line I want you to see, knows the mind of the Spirit. The Spirit has a mind of his own. He who searches the hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, knows what the mind of the Spirit is because the Spirit intercedes before God on behalf of God's people in accordance with God's will. So you, you want to make sure you're praying God's will, pray in the Holy Ghost. You will not pray incorrectly in the Holy Ghost because the Holy Ghost will pray through you what you're incapable of praying, what you're incapable of thinking when you're in your worst crisis mode. You can't even think straight to pray. So pray in the Holy Ghost because he's always going to know what to pray. 1 Corinthians 12, flip over there to uh, verse 7. We're going to talk about two things we've been talking about all weekend. The infilling power of God and his indwelling presence. There are two manifestations of the Spirit of God in our lives, of the Holy Spirit in our lives. The manifestation of the Holy Spirit, and it begins in 1 Corinthians 12 with the gifts 
of the Spirit, and there are nine of those. But to each one is given the manifestation. Everybody say manifestation. Manifestation. You see, if you tell me, oh, I'm filled with the Holy Ghost, and I say, well, how does he manifest through you? And you say he doesn't, then I don't believe you're filled with the Holy Ghost. Because he manifests. But the manifestation of the Spirit of God, the spiritual illumination and the enabling of the Holy Spirit for the common good. Now, this is talking about his in filling power. His infilling power is given to us for everyone else. It's for the common good. And these are the nine gifts, the word of knowledge, the word of wisdom, the gift of faith, the gift of healing, the gift of miracles, the gift of prophecy, the gift of discerning of spirits, the gift of tongues, and the gift of interpretation of tongues. And I shared yesterday that the difference in tongues in this particular instance than it is in Acts 2 when you, everyone is filled with the Holy Ghost and everyone gets their prayer language, which is what Romans 8 is talking about, when you can pray, always pray. This is a gift of the Spirit that literally gives you a tongue when you need it. For instance, last year we were in a Spanish church and nobody spoke English. Everything we said had to be interpreted. And I wanted to worship and I didn't learn any songs in Spanish. So I thought, well, I'll just do Spirit Breakout. I got these big long breaks in my track where I can sing in the Holy Ghost. And so I'll just do that so I can just worship with them. And so I did. And when, when the break came, I just sang in the Holy Ghost and the people started cheering. And I thought, oh, wow, they love the Holy Ghost here. And we go to lunch with the pastor afterwards, and she said, did you realize when you went into the Holy Ghost that you were in fluent Spanish? The whole congregation knew everything you were saying. That's the gift of tongues. That's different than everyone receiving tongues and receiving their prayer language and the evidence of, your prayer, of receiving the Holy Ghost in Acts 2. Everybody receives prayer language, and you receive the Holy Ghost. And you get tongues. But this is a gift of tongues that allows you to go into a place and your language can be understood. I was in our house worshiping one day and the painter came and said, thank you so much for worshiping in Spanish for me. I so enjoyed it. Well, I was just singing in tongues. But God did that for him. It's for the common good. The gift of God is for the common good of others. And it's happened to me over and over. Hebrew, I've been told I sang in Latin by someone who was there and said, thank you so much, you made me feel so comfortable. So you see, God, that's a gift. That, do you understand the separation of those two? It's a little different than when you just receive the Holy Ghost and you get your prayer language. Now, we, we, we wrote this down the other day when my wife and I were preparing for this. And, and, and John asked us to repeat it today as we spoke yesterday. There have been men that are uh, in history that have operated in these great gifts. And, and we have followed them. We have gone to their meetings and we have attended them. Specifically for the gifts. Spe now, it doesn't mean that they're limited to this gift, but it seemed like th this was the gift that, that, that was their, um, their go-to. It was their most manifested gift. So we wrote down the gift of wisdom, Dr. Billy Graham. Absolutely. You must know that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior for you to have eternal life. He never wavered from that. He never swayed from that. Even to the day that they laid him in that great rotunda, they said he never, ever varied from that one. That's wisdom. Because he was given that as a young boy on a dairy farm when he got saved when someone invited him to town to a meeting. The gift of wisdom. Knowledge. Word of knowledge. 
Now we've watched in the Roberts ministry, but Richard Roberts operates in the gift of no, the word of knowledge. Today I had a word of knowledge. Yeah, you operate really strong word of knowledge. But 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 then you had the word of faith, Kenneth Hagin. Absolutely, brother. He, we, they call him the father of faith. Anytime you listen to him, he's talking about faith, the gift of healing. Or Roberts. Or Roberts crisscross this country and the world with those tents and when he laid his hand on people people got healed now he operated in other gifts but he operated in that miracles, miracles. Benny Hinn Benny Hinn you saw those great miracle crusades Benny Hinn we're just pulling from the gen just the generation past but people would know prophecy Jack Van Empey if you turn on the TV boy he is Right on, right on, right on. I, 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 amazing. Gifts of discernment and spirits. Lester Summerall had a tremendous deliverance ministry. Tongues and interpretation, we could think of several, but Pat and Buddy Harrison came to mind very quickly because as a couple they would operate where one would give the gift of tongues and the other would give the interpretation just, just back and forth, back and forth, or they could flip-flop. And we've seen that also with a couple of other people. But there, it's like a gift will sit on a person. But now, we've seen more people operate in tongues and interpretation than any other gift. But if you think about this, six out of eight of the men that we had talked about have gone to heaven. But guess what? They went to heaven, but the gift stayed on earth. Their spirit went to heaven, but their flesh body is still on earth. So what does that say? When, when Dr. Graham went home, I said to Cheryl, I said, that gift is still on the earth Absolutely. for souls. I said, it's there for us to pick up. Right. Now, it doesn't mean that we just go up and pick up the mantle, because I don't think anybody can carry the mantle of, of Dr. Graham. But we all can carry a piece of that mantle, and we can have a little bit of that gifting. And if we did, guess what? We could see this world turned upside down and see the altars full again for the glory of the Lord. And, and it's, it is the mantle. It's the anointing that made the men great. It's not the men themselves. They're men just like you and I are people. We're just humans. But the um, anointing, the mantle, is what made them such great men. And that never leaves the earth. When our daughter went to heaven, that was one of the first things the Lord showed us, that the, the anointing that was so strong on her stayed on the earth. She didn't need that when she's in heaven. It stayed here. So first thing we did at her funeral, we said, well, that anointing is still resting right here. Does anybody want it? Our son, Roman, who was our skirt hider. I mean, he never came out from behind my skirt. He was shy and, and always wanted nobody to look at him. And the minute we said, the anointing that was on your sister is, is still on the earth. Anybody want it? He jumped up out of his seat. That boy never got in front ever because he always hid. But he jumped up and he took it. And from that day forth, he's been the strongest, most outgoing, most personable, and a fireball preacher. So I'm saying this to get you to understand the anointing of God that rests on you is for the earth. It's for your life walk. Don't always be looking for everything to be there. Oh, it's going to be amazing when we get there. But God gives us wonderful things for the earth too. Now turn your Bibles to the book of Galatians, Galatians, the fifth chapter. While you're turning there, this is something that I, I want to share with you because we're talking about the gifts of the Spirit. And people were drawn to all of their meetings because they saw the miraculous. They saw these gifts in operation. And, and today we have huge churches and people are talking about how big their church buildings are. I do not care how big your church is. I want to know how much power is in the yeah. church. 
Because if we don't have the power of God in the church, we're not going to draw the lost into church to get them born again. Right. Big buildings don't draw people. The power of God, and that's what happened in these men's ministries. The power of God drew people to Dr. Graham's crusades, and he filled the big buildings in New York City, the outside auditoriums, and tens of thousands of people got saved. And we know this by the scripture too, because Jesus was resurrected and lived on the earth for 40 days, but the church actually didn't increase. There was over 500 when it started, but when it got to the upper room, there was only 120 that were still remained. So they had seen Jesus resurrected. They had seen the power of resurrection, but it took the move of the Holy Ghost to come into the earth in Acts chapter 2 that the church started being added to daily by the thousands. It's the power of God that draws the heathen to want to repent. So we cannot downplay the move of God. We just have to not be kooky with it. And I mean, that, the Holy Ghost is not kooky. People are a little kooky, a little nutty, a little, frust, you know, a little frustrating sometimes because they, they, they're a little flaky to begin with and then they get Holy Ghost and now they're flaky Holy Ghost people. And so, you know, we have to not be that. We have to be the amazing church with the power of God and be relevant to the culture. And when the Holy Ghost tells you to do something, he already knows the culture. He already knows the people. He knows what they're going through. So don't add to or take from. If he tells you to go over and speak to so-and-so at the coffee shop, just go over and say exactly what he says. Don't go over on your way and get religious about it and go, Thus saith the Lord. <gasps> Really? What happened? Why does religion have to suck all the air out of the room? <laughs> that is not Holy Ghost. That's just flesh. Now, your, 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 your spiritual dad, Pastor Dave Williams, he, he had told somebody, another pastor over in Hazlitt, he said, you really need to go and, and hear them, and you, you need to go to their school. He said, but I want to warn you, she's a little out there. <laughs> and then he said, well, she's just a little odd. And then he said, she's just weird. <laughs> I own it, now, too, and I wear it. Now, now I, I, I want to say this. Thank you very much. <laughs> high five. Air high five. Every church we go to, there's one in the crowd. That's what <laughs> On my side. So, but, you know, when she went to Miss America, and her whole message at Miss America was that she went to a Kenneth Hagin meeting and, and had a broken back, a short leg, and 150 stitches in her face. And when the man of God prayed for her, her leg grew out, and she was a miracle. That was a little bit much for them to handle. So she it. was wise enough not to go in there and be weird about it. But when they went into the little interview room and the judges were all seated there and they asked one question because she wrote at the bottom, I'm a miracle. The man who used to be the captain of the love boat, Gavin McLeod, was her judge. And he said, can you tell me what, what that means? Mean? And when she began to tell it, the Holy Spirit Lord. of the Lord filled that room and he began to weep. And then he went around and he began to tell all the other judges, can you not see something different on that girl to where the pageant official said, you cannot influence the other judges. And he said, well, don't you see it too? Now, two years ago, he wrote his biography. And there's a chapter in there about how he was introduced to his spiritual walk. And there's a chapter in there, he said, I met a girl and I was her judge at Miss America. 
and he began to tell the story. He said, I didn't know what the difference was, but I now know in my Christian walk that was the Holy Spirit. You don't have to be kooky. You just have to have an open door. And she wasn't kooky. Weird, well, but not being, kooky. Being led. <laughs> that's just me, the weird part. Sorry. <laughs> being led by the Holy Ghost is the key, though. He's not going to set you up to fail, and he's never going to set anybody else up to fail. He's always setting everyone up to succeed. So if you just listen and be led by him, he will tell you what to say. You cannot treat walking with God like a set. These are the rules. This is how I'm going to do. I'm going to talk to everybody this way. I'm going to say this and say this. You've got to be led by the Holy Ghost. And he knows what to say to everybody and how to say it. So if you just learn to listen and obey, your life's going to be amazing and you're going to be an effective witness for the kingdom of God. Now, in Galatians 5, verse 22, it says, but the fruit of the Holy Spirit, which is different. It's a little different than the gifts of the Holy Spirit. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are because of his infilling power. That's where you get the gifts of the Spirit, and there are nine of them. But when you have his indwelling presence, it produces fruit. And he wants you to walk with both, both powers. He wants you to have his infilling power and his indwelling presence. And when you walk with both of those, you're going to have nine manifested gifts that come as he needs. You're not going to walk around giving word of wisdom, word of knowledge, word gift of healing, gift of miracles. 24 hours a day, you only do it as he, he knows who needs a miracle. He knows who needs healing. He knows who needs a word of wisdom. And so as he tells you, that gift will come to the surface. But when it comes to the, the fruit of the Holy Spirit, that comes from his indwelling presence. He lives in you. Jesus said in John, he said that the Spirit of God is with you, but soon he will be in you. And when he gets in you, the fruit that he produces is not like your personality. It's different. It's love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, kindness, and self-control. And that's the fruit of his indwelling presence. That's not the fruit of you being a good person. None are good, Jesus said. You can't be good enough. You're filthy rags without me. So you can't be good enough to have love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, kindness, kindness. and self-control. You, you can't be good enough to have that kind of fruit. But the Holy Ghost in you produces fruit that is beyond your ability. You can love a people that's impossible to love. You can have patience with folks that get on your last nerve. And you can control your flesh. Self-control. Self-control. reason we don't have self-control is because we're too self-focused. When you become God-focused, you can have self-control. And the power of his presence causes all this fruit to come out of you that makes you unique and different. And you go into a job interview, they can't help but hire you. It doesn't matter if there's 52 people more qualified than you. You can't train love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. You can't train that. You can't go to school for that. You get that by the school of the Holy Ghost. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. It's your library. Oh, no. Oh, what my. will you do? Oh, no. Stop. Every Don't say it. Don't say it. She keeps getting on me. Take all like the papers out of your binder. Bible. One and time, like, Brother Roberts wanted to borrow his 
Bible called. they were going to, going to be on uh, Larry King. And Dr. Roberts said, I forgot my Bible. Harry traveled with Oral Roberts for 18 years and was his right hand. And so uh, Brother Roberts said, I forgot my Bible. Can I borrow your Bible? And Harry hands his Bible and he turns it up over the bed. And he D- dumped everything out on the bed. Ah, ah, ah. Harry said, I, I like sucked all the air out of the room. Ah, ah. And then he said, turned it open, opened it up and said, ah, oh, this isn't God's Bible. Harry said, well, it's amplified. He said, this isn't a real Bible. This isn't a real Bible. And he opened it up and said, Harry said, it is too. It's a real Bible. It's amplified. He said, not a real Bible. And threw it on the bed and walked out. Went and got one out of the drawer in the hotel. He said, it's not a King James Bible. That's not a real Bible. I said, well, why didn't you figure that out before you dumped everything on the bed? (laughs) Then he wanted to borrow my coat. (laughs) The man was always borrowing stuff from me. Last thing we have for you, and, and I know we're watching our time. Are we all right with you all with just a couple of minutes? It's cloudy outside. Uh, uh, Second Kings. It's cloudy outside. You <laughs> it's sec- Second Kings. Um, and, and here's the culmination of it. And um, This is how the use of the Holy Spirit becomes functional in your life. Um, it's a story about a widow. And just for time, I'll paraphrase. This is um, a widow. Second Kings chapter 6. Mm. Six. Chapter four. Four. Yeah. Second Kings chapter four. Yeah, four verse one. It's a story, and, and I'll paraphrase it for time. It's a, it's a story about a widow whose husband passed away, and he had left her with a debt, and they had two sons. And then the, the creditor had come and said, You're, "We're going to have to take your sons to pay your bills." So the prophet comes to her, and 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 she had pled her case to the prophet, and he says. "Tell me by chance, what do you want me to do?" And she didn't respond. She said, "I've already told you my need." And I don't know how you're going to do it. So she didn't say anymore. She said, I've told you my need. You're the prophet. You're the man of God. You figured this thing out. And he says to her, so what do you have to sell what in your house? What do you have of value in your house? In other words, he said, where's your seed? Where's your seed? What she, do you value? And what, she, what are you saying? What do you value? Mm-hmm. What do you have of value in your house? And, she said. And her response was, I have nothing but this oil. Your maidservant has nothing in the house except this small jar of olive oil. And when you do the historical research on that, it was her husband's anointing oil, which was valuable in the sense of it was his anointing oil, but it was so tiny she can't imagine that doing anything for her. Do you know a few years ago they believed that they found the oil that they anointed Jesus with and they've got that set aside for the temple? They, I mean, everything about rebuilding the temple and the second coming of Christ and, and our rapture is all coming into place right now. They prepared the priest. They have a prefabbed temple already ready to be put up just like that. These, but with the oil, the oil. The oil. Your so maidservant sh- has nothing in the house except a small jar of olive oil. All right, everybody say nothing. nothing. Everybody say oil. oil. Hold out your hand. What do What's you have it? in your hand? But wait a minute, she's got a jar of oil. How can you have nothing and a jar of oil? You either have nothing or you have a jar of oil. How can you have nothing and a jar of oil? This is what she did, and this is exactly what we do in our own life. Lord, I have nothing but a jar of oil. Lord, you have nothing to work with but me. We devalue what we have, what we have in our hand and don't think it's enough for God to work with. 
And you say, well, I don't do that. Oh, yeah. oh, almost everybody does. They get their paycheck and they go, this will never be enough. Devalue. Five loaves, two fish. Our little daughter-in-law, when she, she, they found a brain tumor. You know, our, our daughter went to heaven at the age of six. And when they found a brain tumor in our daughter-in-law, three months before she was supposed to marry our son, the, the, the doctors told her, said, you, you have about a 1% chance, chance of, living. of living. She said, that's, that's enough. All I need. And she took that 1%, let me tell you. Three months later, they had a wedding. Five years later, we have two grandbabies. Amen. That's enough for God to work with. Then the prophet said to her, go borrow containers from all your neighbors, empty containers, and not just a few, not just a few. What's he trying to do? He's trying to give her a hint here. He can't tell her how many to get, but he can tell her, use your faith, get more than you're thinking right now. Get more, get more. However many you're thinking, get more than that. Not just a few. Then you should go in and shut the door behind you and your sons and pour out the oil you have the oil you have, God's already given you a seed. The oil you have into all these containers, and you'll set each one aside when it's full. So she left him and shut the door behind her and her sons. They were bringing her the containers as she poured the oil. When the containers were all full, she said to her son, bring me another container. And he said to her, there is not a one left. Then the oil stopped multiplying. Then she came and told the man of God, and he said, Go sell the oil and pay your debt, and you and your sons can live on the rest. Now, that's a great story because she said, I don't have anything but a little bit of oil. And the measurement that they're talking about there is for you and me. It wasn't for God, and it wasn't for the prophet. The measurement was, so 2,000 years later, when people tell this story, we begin to say, well, she must have had a large amount of oil. No, she had oil that she didn't even value. And then they, they would say, well, they put a little drop in each one of those, 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 those uh, buckets or those containers. Nope. No, he said, you fill it until it's full. And then they said, well, she maybe got one or two. He said, no, you go out and use your faith and gather as many as you can. I'm not going to put a number on it. And then you bring them back and said, and when you and your sons fill them up. And she said, bring me another one. And the oil stopped. Now, this is who you no. are. You, 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 have, you may say, I only have a little bit of the Holy Ghost. But the moment you start pouring, you have more. Limitless supply. Boundless. Can't measure it. But when churches across America say we've had enough of the Holy Spirit, let me tell you. It's going to stop flowing. And you're not going to have miracle signs and wonders. You're not going to have the prophetic gifts. You're not going to have People tongues and interpretation. And what are you going to have? You're going to have a dead church. Because he said, and greater things shall you do in my name. And he said, in my name, I give you the power and the ability. Not just the power and the ability to have these gifts operated. But he said, I give you the power and ability to get wealth. Now we got people preaching prosperity. I like prosperity. But wealth is not tied to a dollar sign. If you're not healthy, you're not wealthy. If you're not happy, you're not wealthy. If your kids are going to hell, you're not wealthy. People say to me, are you rich? No, but I'm wealthy. Because my wife doesn't have cancer anymore. Our children are all going to heaven. Well, you see, he said, when you come in, shut the door. Can you imagine if she said, well, boys, go back and get some more. No, there's an appointed time. He said, the reason I told you to shut the door 
because this miracle has an appointed beginning and appointed end. It has a season. Join hands with somebody today as we want to pray for you. I believe with all my heart that something started in each one of those people this morning in your eyes. And I believe the expectation that you have when you leave here is that your eyes are going to get better and better and better. I believe in instantaneous miracles. But I also believe in miracles that come over a period of time. The restoring means restoration process of God. So I'm going to ask about the restoring process of God. Maybe you've come into church and you've seen everything that God has for you, but you've never felt the restoring power of God. You've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Because you say, God, I'm nothing. He said, if you just give me your nothingness, I can work with you. Or maybe you have given your life to the Lord, but you've been beaten down and things have gone wrong in your life, like in my wife and my life. She's a three-time cancer survivor. Our six-year-old daughter went to heaven. We have a son in heaven. Our daughter-in-law had a brain tumor. She's alive. But things of life can beat you down and they can affect your faith. But it's not how much faith you have. It's about how much faith you will apply. You need to release your faith today. And maybe you need to rededicate your life. See the very beginning, the manifestation of the miraculous power of God in your life. If you want me to pray for you to rededicate your life, or to receive him for the first time, you're holding hands with a friend, a neighbor, a stranger, a husband, a wife, a brother, a sister. But I'm going to ask you to do one thing. If you want me to pray for you in the next 30 seconds, squeeze someone's hand. You squeeze their hand. The Bible says it's an outward expression of an inward change. And you see, so many times we don't want to admit to other people what's going on in our life because we're very secretive. But I want you to know, the person you're holding hands with has sat in the same seat that you're sitting in right now. And this is not the judgment seat. This is the seat of forgiveness. Squeeze someone's hand. No, no one looking around, no one walking around. This is your private time with the Lord. And I thank you for these extra couple of minutes today. Because this is the culmination where we're going to see the manifestation of the power of God. The greatest miracle that you can ever witness is the saving of a soul. Now, if someone squeezed your hand, hold on to that hand as we're going to pray in a moment. But do me one favor. Take that hand and slip it up in the air where I can see it in the house. The reason I ask you to do that is the moment you begin to move towards God, He begins to move towards you. And there are hands going up everywhere. See, that's all we have to do is slip our hand up. And He says, I'm reaching down. Just like what He did at Calvary. They put Him up and He said, I'm going to reach down to humanity. Now you may lower your hands as I see your hands all over the place. And I won't ask you to come down. But let's everyone in this house pray this prayer. Let's pray it this morning with a bold profession. Heavenly Father, today I declare that you are my personal Lord and Savior. I deny hell and I'm on my way to heaven. Because of your shed blood, my sins have been forgiven no longer have a past I do have a present but today I have a guarantee of my future with Christ Jesus I'm born again you believe that with your heart your soul and your mind 
we seal it with. Amen. Amen. Now you've seen the power of God. And like they said to Babe Ruth, you'll be safe at home. Pastor. blessed today. Thank you, Jesus. You know, we have the privilege of seeding into their ministry. And everything he talked today about the widow and the oil and people, it's your time. Whether you have a penny or a check, don't argue. If the Holy Spirit's given you a number, do it. If you want to see God continue to bless and you want to seed into this ministry, ushers, can you come forward? And we're going to take an offering, and I want to pray over it. Father God, I just thank you and praise you today for this awesome ministry. Lord, will you richly pour into Harry and Cheryl and their team? God, will you just mightily move in their lives as they go across the country, giving of themselves and pouring out into others. We thank you and praise you. We were able to be touched today and help us to take it out and multiply that too. Now, God, just take what we have and multiply it for them. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. just say one thing to you all before they come and Barb comes to dismiss you. I know that you're getting together to worship on Friday night. I'd ask you all to be praying for my wife and our ministry on Friday night and Saturday. We're going to be in Los Angeles, California, and she's holding a Women of the Nation gathering where the Lord has put a mandate on her to pray, to gather women together and to pray for this nation so this nation would turn the Bible says, if my people would humble themselves and pray, I'll heal your land. There's never been a greater divide in the United States of America than we have right now. And the Lord put this mandate on her. And that's what we're doing in our ministry. So your seed that you sowed into our ministry today, we're taking this mandate 50 to 50 states. And she's going to get women together. Let me tell you, when women pray, things happen. 
And so if you would pray for that. And then the second thing we're doing in our ministry is we are taking this mandate to reintroduce the Holy Spirit to see the power of God operate back in the churches so that we don't have churches closing their doors, but we can see a growth in the American church in the second coming of Jesus Christ. So thank you for what you did for us today. Whether you've been here one day, two, or all three, it's, it's been good, hasn't it? We love you, Harry. I wish you'd said all that before we did the offering, you know. <laughs> we love you. We love both of you. We love all four of you because you guys are kind of like their extended family. Every t- you've been here, yeah, they're on your board and doesn't hurt that John and I went to school when we were little <laughs> together. Should have added that. That was good. Listen, Cheryl and Harry both have uh, their book table out there if you want to get a hold of any of their material, the CDs. Uh, of course, Cheryl has a line of jewelry, and this is one of them. So uh, avail yourself of that if, if you're so inclined. And uh, when we have this next year, assuming that that happens, we would love it. Come back. Don't wait for the invitation. Just put it in your book right now. Next year, I'm going to be here. Because if you miss the last two days, I'm a different man. And I don't know if you feel the same way, but God has really ministered to us. And uh, I just thank Him for everything He's done. Would you stand with us as we close? Lord, I thank you for every person that was able to come out today for this powerful message on the Holy Spirit. God, may we never shut the door on you. May we never be satisfied with what you've given us, but rather that we want more, Lord. I'll make that public right now. We want more here at the Hope. This church isn't satisfied, Lord. We want you. That personal relationship, that intimacy, and we want to see the power of God evident in our people. Lord, have your way with us. We yield to you today. And Lord, we thank you for both Harry and Cheryl, for John and Judy. Lord, bless this, this these two families and uh, their children as, as they've already prayed. God, just give them all that they need. Meet their every need according to your riches and glory. And Lord, every person that's here today, Lord, use us shape us, mold us into the people of God you want us to be. And as we go out of here today, keep us safe in our coming and going. And may our light shine brightly in this dark world. We pray this all in Jesus' name and everybody said, God bless you. Have a great week in Jesus.